Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage. Chapter 16, Lavender Blues. By Monday morning, the colonel still hadn't called. We have to do something, I told Miss Lana as we walked up the gravel path to the cafe. I'll handle it, Mo, she said again. You don't need to worry. She kept her voice easy, but I knew from the thin of her smile that she was worried too. At the cafe where Mr. Jesse's church donations were the topic du jour, rumors run, ran rampant. Mr. Jesse had won a lottery up north. Mr. Jesse had millions in a Swiss bank. The Baptists had somehow snookered the Episcopalians. Miss Rosendale came in mid-morning, glistening from time in the garden. Mama's giving me time off for good behavior, Dale told me, toting a bucket of cucumbers to the kitchen. You want to go to Lavender's and then look for clues? Only if you don't swagger and mess with your hair, I said. It's embarrassing. I turned to Miss Lana. Is it okay? Can I go? She nodded, filling three takeout cups with iced tea. Tell Lavender hello for me, and don't you stay too long. He's working on his car, I imagine. He wasn't. We found him at his house, sleepy-eyed and tousled. Hey, I said as he opened the door. Miss Lana sent you some iced tea. Bless her, he said, taking a cup and stepping aside. His house shocked me. Lavender generally keeps his place neat and full of light. Today, the rug lay heavy with dirt and socks slouched, pigeon-toed by the kitchen door. Yesterday's funeral tie dangled from a doorknob, and drawn shades let dusty slices of sunlight into the room. It's nearly ten o'clock, I said. You sick? He stretched his arms, muscle, his arm muscles twisting like cables, and tucked his pale yellow t-shirt into his faded jeans. I'm just slow starting this morning, Mo. I'm fine. Dale glanced around. Did the twins do this? He asked. The twins have been scarce since the crash, little brother. I'm not surprised, I said, as Lavender sank into a chair. Those girls are like crows. Probably saw something shiner on the other side of town. Yeah, he said. There's not much to a race car driver when he's walking. His smile didn't erase the lines beneath his eyes. How's your life unfolding, Miss Lebeau? Not so good, I admitted. We ain't heard from the colonel, and yesterday made three days. We got to do something. I just don't know what to do. He leaned forward. What does Miss Lana say? She says not to worry, but I do. We could tell Star, I guess, but the colonel don't like Star. We could tell Deputy Marla, I said, scanning Lavender's face. She's nice, and she likes me. He pushed his hair back. That sounds like a good plan, he said. It might be worth running by Miss Lana anyway. I relaxed. I like to have a plan. Lavender took a sip of his tea. You sounded great yesterday, Dale, he said. Dale grinned. Thanks. I was really proud of you. I bet Mama ungrounded you as a reward. No, he sighed. I'm still grounded, just off for good behavior. I never been so sick of fixing things in my life. He looked around. You ought to clean up in here. He can't, Dale, I said. He's depressed. Lavender snorted. I am not. Sure you are. This is classic. You ain't shaved. Your car is wrecked. Your love life's a disaster. Next you'll maybe start eating out of control and have to get hoisted out of here with a crane. Look at those fingernails, I added. They're filthy. Whoa, he said. Cut me some slack. Sam and I were up until 2 a.m. Two o'clock this morning working on my car. I haven't had time for a manicure. He jumped up and scooped some dirty dishes from the floor. Lavender moves like a big blonde cat. Those twins are idiots. Even depressed, Lavender is meltdown gorgeous. Well, if you're working on your car, I guess that's a good sign. He headed for the kitchen. Maybe, he said, letting the dishes clatter into the sink. But the Sycamore 200 is just two weeks away. I already paid my entry fee, but it looks like I'll have to drop out. We just can't get the car together in time. Dale frowned. But you and Sam are the best mechanics in the county. 
not talent we're short on, he said. It's money for parts. I've fixed every car I can find, including the Underbird, which is ready, Mo, if you want to tell Miss Lana. Even after she pays me, I'm short a thousand bucks and slam out of credit. So, I said, since when did you race for money? You'll run a different race. Silence hung on the air like stale tobacco smoke. I looked from one brother to the other. They both avoided my eyes. What's wrong? Nothing, Dale said. It's just Mama's money ain't right lately, with Daddy acting the way he is, and I'm no help, he added. You might be, I said, if we solve Mr. Jesse's murder and if there's a reward. That's a lot of ifs, Mo, he said, slumping in his chair. Uneasiness ran its fingertips across my shoulders. Dale's people never had much money, but I'd never known them to worry. Lavender grabbed a t-shirt off the floor. That race is a long shot, but I was hoping it would pay off, he said. It's good money if you can win it. Would that fix things for Miss Rose, I asked. If you won, I mean. The colonel says trying to drive your way out of being broke is like trying to starve your way out of being skinny. Takes real money to put a car on the track and good money to race. You got to buy fuel, tires, and spare parts for every race. A good running car is worth good money. A wrecked one ain't worth nothing. It would help, Lavender said, but like I said, it's a long shot. I made a decision. So? My entire life's a long shot, Dale. We'll come up with a thousand dollars. We might as well, I said as his mouth fell open. We can't do much detective work with you grounded and with Plainco's Phil following us. Us? Raise a thousand dollars? He gasped. How? Good question. I ain't ready to unveil my plan yet, I said. Dale rolled his eyes. That means she ain't got one, he told Lavender. Naturally, I got to hone the particulars, I replied, but I'm thinking we'll strike at this year's Mimosa Festival. Actually, it was a no-brainer. The festival opened in just a few days. Normally, Dale and me hit the rides and food booths and avoid the crafts and raffles. A town full of folks with spending money seemed like a good place to start. Lavender laughed. Thanks for offering, Mo. You're a true friend. But don't worry your pretty head. Sam and I will come up with the cash for the car. All you got to do is keep my desperado brother here out of trouble. A pretty head. Me? Nope, I said, heading for the door. We'll raise the money. You fix the car. He tossed his dirty socks toward the hall. If you do, I'll pay you back every penny, he said. Twice. But there's one thing. A contract, I guessed. A loophole. If you don't come up with the cash, it's no big deal. Agreed? Agreed. I grabbed the ring on a dusty window shade. It snapped up, rolling itself dizzy at the top of the window. We'll be in touch, I said, and we stepped outside, the heat slamming into me like a steamy sponge as he closed the door behind us. Hey, Dale, I whispered, peering across the street. There's your bodyguard. Act like you don't see him. I didn't until you pointed him out, he muttered. He hesitated and then waved. He's not very friendly, Dale said as plainclothesville darted behind an azalea. I jumped off the porch. Let's stop by the church and see if we missed any clues. Thess will let us in, I said. He owes us for finding his half-wit cat. Yeah, Dale said. He owes us big.